Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. And here is Jesse. That, that was one of my favorite offerings I've ever seen. <laughs> that was awesome. Just do it. Are your hearts prepared? <laughs> Get on this thing. It's awesome. Um, you guys want to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing good? Hungry for more of God? Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, before we read, um, let's just take a moment and look to the Lord in His presence. If you guys want to and can, stand with me for a moment. Let's just, let's just kind of focus on touching His goodness, His glory right now. God, we love you so much. <clears throat> Thank you that you love us so much. You are so good to us. Hallelujah. I thank you that you're here with us right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to touch each person again, Lord. Hallelujah. Stay in that place for a moment. I, I, know, I know a lot of times when we, when we think about God's presence coming strong and, and His glory coming strong, we associate that to um, the worship time. But the fact is that He's, he's doing it not just during song time. <laughs> There's more, and, and He's doing it even now, and He's going to do it more. So Lord, I, I pray in Jesus' name, just pour out the Spirit on all of us even more right now, just more, more, more. If you guys want more, just, just say that to Him, I want more, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. He is here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, I want you guys to continue just receiving from his presence as we, as we go into this time here. But if you can go ahead and be seated. Um, <clears throat> we've been in Acts. We've been in Acts, and it's been awesome. And, and last week... I had a lot to say and realized it, it, there wasn't enough time, so here we are. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> um, if you guys can open your Bibles to Acts 1, I think it's going to pop up on the screen too. We're going to start on verse 4 and go to verse 11, and I'm just going to pick up, I'm going to kind of do a quick recap from last week and then pick up, pick up where I left off. <clears throat> All right, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with who? The Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when, when the Holy Spirit, let's get a little more energy on this, you shall receive power when the has come upon you. Now, now I feel like we're getting excited about him. All right, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. How many of you guys know that God has a pretty big vision? He's got big plans and it's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than any one of us, it's bigger than any church, bigger than any ministry, it's bigger than anybody, and, but it's amazing and he fully intends to do it. And he fully intends to do it, not on his own, but through his people. So, so he actually has put us here to be partners with heaven on earth, right? And it's a kingdom expansion vision. He, he intends to pick up where Adam and Eve lost it when they fell, because he actually told them that they're going to, that they're going to, he basically told them, I'm going to give you the whole earth to inherit, right? He, he, was, he, he had the whole thing. He wanted to expand his kingdom through them, and they're going to take dominion over the whole earth, over all creatures, over every living being, including the fallen angels, amen? And, and we're not going to dive into Genesis right now, but I just want you to see, like, when he's talking about you're going you're gonna to witness me in Jerusalem and then in Judea. That's like the next region out. Actually, that is the region that Jerusalem's in. So city, region, and then Samaria, next region, and then the ends of the earth. It's like we're not stopping. We're going all the way, right? And so that's how God thinks. He, he starts at home, and then he grows out to the region around, and then he expands to further regions, and then he's global. Amen. And so the Lord, that's how he thinks, and that's what he's saying. As you have the Holy Spirit come upon you, you're not just going to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to witness me show up in your midst everywhere you go. When, and Jesus even told them in Mark 16 that these signs will follow those who believe. All right, And he listed out all the signs and the wonders that they're going to walk in if they believe. And then it follows that, and it says that they went about preaching the kingdom, and, fi- and signs and wonders followed them everywhere they went. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he, he's serious about this. And the whole book of Acts is the story of them. Um, Jesus passed the torch that he was carrying onto them so that they could run the race past where he went in his individual human body. He, he, he passed it on to a whole bunch of other individual human bodies under the power of the Holy Spirit. And they went and they did the works. They preached the gospel and they ministered to people. And he showed up. Signs and wonders followed them everywhere they went. It's awesome. And, and we already said this, but the book of Acts stops at chapter 28, but it doesn't actually close. And the reason is because I believe the book continues. So we're in chapters 29 and beyond today. All right, so he hasn't quit the mission. He hasn't stopped doing it through his church. It's what he's doing. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> but, but we got to move on to verse 9 again through 11. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. We know what that means, right? Everybody say ascended. 
All right? And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. That was two angels. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. All right? So why don't you guys repeat this? As you saw him go, he's going to return. All right, so he's, the way he's coming back is the same way that they saw him go. And so the, in, in last week, if you were with us, you, you, we went deep on just that concept right there because I was, I was asking the question, what kind of a cloud hid Jesus? Was it a cumulonimbus or a stratus? It was the glory cloud. Amen? It wasn't a Bob Ross painting of a cloud. It, it, was, it was the Shekinah glory cloud, all right? And, and, and I, I read this to you. F.F. Um, F. Bruce wrote this about it. The cloud in the Old Testament times enveloped the glory of God and indicated that the glory was present, though veiled. So here it is. He's, he's referencing this same story. So here it is, the glory cloud. And when the two men in white tell the apostles that Jesus will come in the same way as I saw him go, we may recall how Jesus himself spoke of, and this is out of Luke 21, 27, the Son of Man will come in a cloud with power and great glory. Hallelujah. He said Jesus, is, Jesus coming again like his departure from earth is a manifestation of the glory of God me. So, so we see Jesus, he, he's saying he's going to come back and he's going to come back with cloud and with glory and might. And so it's not cumulonimbus or stratus or whatever the other scientific terms are that I've forgotten some 30 years later. All right. <clears throat> it's not that. It, it's a glory cloud. Amen. The glory, Jesus is coming in glory, and it's going to be a far more powerful experience when he comes back than the painting my grandma bought us all for Christmas on 2020, or sorry, at two, the year 2000, Y2K, when we, everybody thought Jesus is coming back. And there's this picture, and Jesus is in the sky by a cloud, and all these people are going up in the sky. And that's just, it's cute, but I don't think that comes close to what it's really going to look like. Jesus is going to be coming in glory, in a glory cloud. Hallelujah. And so this is what they saw. I believe this. And, and I've read several different um, theologians on this, and they, they, they tend to agree this wasn't just a, a cloud puff. It was a, it was a glory cloud. All right? And so it wasn't Jesus was just ascending and then he just, that you couldn't see it because the cloud blocked the view, but he just kept going for millions and millions of miles to finally reach planet heaven. No, I, I think this is what I believe, and, I, and this is what I, my focus was last week, that the glory was a portal that opened to, to create a gateway between earth and heaven, and that Jesus in his glorified now, is, he was re-glorified again, passing through the glory cloud into the heaven, heaven realm. Come on. That's awesome. And so, you know, I, I'm proposing this, that the cloud 
that, that hid Jesus was actually a glory, glory cloud. And I'm also proposing that manifestations of glory uh, can and or are portals between heaven and earth. It's God's glory, but it's like when he's showing up, there's a, there's a blending of two realms coming together. Come on. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's not like it's millions and trillions of miles away. It's like it's a whole different dimension, and it merges together. Hallelujah. When you guys are feeling the presence of the Lord, there's more going on than you know. Come on. And there's varying degrees of the glory becoming manifested, all right? And, and like, we want to see glory clouds. I get it, and that's awesome. I want to see it. I have seen it before. I want to see it more. But that's, and, and that's amazing. But God's not like, hey, you know, nothing's happening until you see that. No, something is happening. And he wants us to get really good to be able to detect when his glory is present, when you can't see it, but you have to believe it by faith first. Because that's how God works, right? And I believe that the more that we become aware of that, the more it becomes manifested. And it can manifest in different levels, all right? And, and I believe that, that the, the greater the manifestation of the glory, the greater... The, the manifestations that come from heaven into earth happen. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? I, I, believe that, I believe that the more that God is ready to manifest the fullness of his glory, the more you're going to start seeing miracles, signs, and wonders happen because it happens in proportion. I, I believe that. I believe it not just by mental mental agreement or whatever, I believe it because I've seen it that way, and it makes sense to me, all right, so that's awesome, so, so I, I believe glory manifestations become like portals, I'm not saying that means that anytime you feel the glory, you're going you're gonna to be able to physically step into heaven, that'd be cool, huh, not saying that can't happen either, <laughs> but, but it's not going to be by your will, that you can create that, because God's not like, oh, just anybody can just step in like that. No, that, like it, it, it's, it's always initiated by him when that happens, all right? But, um, but the portal for Jesus, he exited the earth realm, entered heaven realm, and that's where he was seated at the right hand of the Father after that. Pretty cool. Like, there, there's more going on than just them standing there, wherever they were, a lot of the pictures probably seem like they're standing by water. I don't know if they were or not. And they're watching Jesus fly like Superman, and then cloud disappears, and the angels come. They're like, what's your deal? Why are you standing here still looking? He's going to come back the exact same way. But I think that they were kind of like, like they, were, they were like, understand that, that this is who Jesus is. There's more. He's coming back like that. Now, now get your focus where Jesus put it. Get back on the mission. All right? You guys with me? We talked about portal examples. I, I talked about the Mount of Transfiguration. I love that story. 
but, but that's a time when the glory came. It came so powerful. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and nobody else. Wonder why he didn't include the others. They might not have been ready for this yet, okay? But they took them up on the mountain, and, and he goes into this deep, intimate connection with the Father. All of a sudden, he starts glowing in the dark. His clothes start glowing. His face starts radiating. And they literally saw his face contort into a different image. That is bizarre. I believe that they were seeing Jesus from the spirit level, not just the flesh level. Seeing the the true glory of who this person is that they've been walking with. Come on. So much more to say on that, but not today. Okay? But but in in that time when they're seeing the glorification of Jesus Christ in the natural, all of a sudden, there's two dudes standing by them. And it's not even angels this time. It's Moses and Elijah in, in physical form. This was not an apparition. This was not a vision. This wasn't a dream. They were literally standing there in the flesh on that mountain. That's crazy. How in the heck did they get there? Because there's a portal. Hallelujah. And by the way, we don't get to determine what our, manif- what our encounters are going to be. That's God's business. Peter, James, and John didn't go there saying, Lord, would you please manifest Elijah and Moses to me? That sounds amazing. No, they didn't go there with a, with a predetermined concept of what I want, and then, God, you do it. No, they showed up. They were staying close to Jesus. They're partnering with Jesus in unity with him. They have no clue what's going on, but, boy, their minds were blown. And all of a sudden, they're seeing Jesus manifested in glory, and then, boom, there's two people there that weren't there before. They came through a portal. Pretty wild. And then the cloud, the Shekinah cloud comes and covers the whole thing. That's God. That's a picture of heaven and earth coming into a full-on merge. A fully manifested merge right there. That's wild. Come on. And then there's a story of the shepherds when Jesus was born, and they're just minding their own business, and all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord shines all around them, and then there's angels standing there declaring the praises of the Lord. The glory, and then the angels. Wow. There's something about glory and and beings that live in heaven happening to find their way into the earth realm. That's awesome. God loves heaven coming into the earth. He loves it. it it's, it's, he, he wants more of it. It's what he's doing. It's where he's headed. It's amazing. God wants to reveal his glory to all people. And last week I talked about how he, like, there's a difference between God revealing his glory to all people and him entrusting his glory because he only entrusts his glory to the people he can trust with it. That's different. 
but he wants to unveil it to all people. Why would he do that? So that he can draw all men to himself. Amen? He wants everybody to behold him. He wants everybody to encounter his glory, but he wants to see transformed hearts through it too. All right? And, and so, you know, there's the story of Moses and, and Moses spending tons of times in the very glory of God. And he, he knew God intimately. He laid his life down to God. He fully surrendered everything to the Lord. And the Lord entrusted himself to him in profound ways. And so the Lord brings him to the mountain. And, and the Lord's like, I want to reveal myself to everybody. And so God had the entire nation, all of the Israelites, come and surround this mountain and then, but God said, don't let them come up, though. If anybody crosses this line down at the bottom, they have to die. Why? Because he's holy, and he doesn't want to taint his holiness with carnality and worldliness. Hear me? He's still serious about that. Okay? However, he wants everybody to come into that in full form. He desires that for everybody, but we don't get it on our terms. We get it on his terms. Amen? He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't give his full glory to a partially surrendered heart. Okay, so, so anyway, he brings the Israelites around, and they're seeing glory. They see the cloud. They see lightnings and fires and thunderings and the earth shaking. That is, that is dynamic manifestations. That is, that is heaven on earth. That's, that's earth. They're, they're seeing what the, what the response of this natural realm does when glory comes in. And it's, it's profound. <clears throat> All right. And so the Lord revealed his glory to all the Israelites around the mountain. He revealed it to all of them. But they had entitlement mentalities. They had entitlement mentalities. I want the goods of your kingdom and live my life how I want to. I want, every, I want all your good things but I don't want to have respect in my heart for the leader you put in my life. I want to live the ways that I want to and not be told that there's a different way I need to live. And the Lord's like, all right, there's the line. Don't cross it. Watch me from afar. But he invited all of them, all of them to come close. But then there's Moses. He, he revealed his glory to them, but he entrusted his glory to Moses. He invited him to come in deep, up onto the mountain. He went higher and higher and higher, deeper and deeper and deeper, so profoundly deep that this is the only story we know of that says that, he, that the father allowed someone to visibly physically see him with their eye. The glory of God passed before Moses. Come on. That's awesome. 
So there's a revealing to all that he wants to do, but there's an entrusting to the trusted ones that he wants to do. He wants, he wants more people to become the trusted ones so he can manifest more glory and bring us in, not just, to, not just to experience it from the outside, but to come in deep, where, where it's, not just, it's not just experiences with the cool stuff that happens, but it's a, it's a revealing of his heart that changes us to be more like him. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And the people saw the glory... And they, and they, but they also saw the price that comes to go deeper. And the Lord gave them the invitation, come in. And guess what they chose? He, he put them at a fork in the road. You can have everything I have for you, but it's on my terms. Or you can live according to your terms and not have everything I have for you. And guess what they chose? They chose to let Moses be the man who pays the price, and we can watch it from afar. You go, have your encounters with the Lord, mediate, and then come and tell us what the Lord says. What way do you prefer it, guys? <laughs> to, to do it on his terms, and pay the price, but then you get to have unlimited access to the more of, of God or to have your entitlements, do the things the way you want to, respect who you want to, don't respect who you don't want to, and, and, then, and then let God, let somebody else bring you the goods instead of you having it yourself. Okay? So there's a price to pay, and guess what the price was then and it still is? It's die to self and live to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this is awesome. God wants to reveal his glory to every single person on this earth. None of us deserve it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah for the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And, and he, he, he shed his blood to cleanse us from all sins and unrighteousness so that he could make a way for us to come in. Undeserved. Full of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, so we have to understand that Jesus made a way, but it still is the same. The, the people still live with one foot in and one foot out, and he's going he's gonna to give the, the fullness of himself in proportion to how much we're willing to come in. That doesn't change. We still have to die to self and live to God. Amen? So anyway, back to the angels. <laughs> let's, let's go from heavy to light now. no. No, that, that, that thing I just said carries on. And by the way, like, I'm not talking old covenant talk. That's how things actually happen in the book of Acts. And the glory continued to increase, and so did the standard. 
You read it, and you'll find out that's true. We doing all right? Okay. Dying over there. Good. All right, back to Acts 1, 9 through 10. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. The cloud received him out of their sight. So the glory cloud, he stepped through a portal from earth to heaven. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Let's just take note for a second. We talk about a portal, and who's standing there? Two angels, all right? There's glory, and there happens to be two angels standing there. I believe that that was, that, that was a portal that Jesus went through from this direction to that, and that it was the same portal, angels from that side came to this side. That's what I believe because of this blending exchange I'm talking about. You guys tracking with me? Okay. All right, so we're looking at angels here now, right? And they're standing by them. And, you know, angels, they're important. We don't want to give them improper attention. Sometimes it can be because we're so hungry for the supernatural. We're so hungry for heaven to be manifested. We're hungry for miracles, signs, and wonders, and encounters, and all this stuff, and angels are part of that, and they're very important. If We don't ever want to slip into an unhealthy place with that. We don't want to worship them. We don't want to let angelic encounters become equally important to encounters with God, okay? But just like we need to be loving and connecting and partnering to each other right here. There's the heaven side of this too. See, God created two kinds of community, human and angelic. And that's community, all right? It's his kingdom. We're his kingdom, the angel are his kingdom. And, and God wants kingdom spirit, kingdom flesh to be in union, all right? He wants heaven and earth in union. And so there's, there's, an, a, there's a proper perspective that we need to have with angels that is important. It's, it's an honor. There, has, there needs to be an honor towards them, even a type of reverence, okay? Not a worship kind of a reverence, but, but uh, we recognize the anointing on, a, on the people that God anoints and puts in our lives, right? Angels are anointed, I've had I've had plenty of angelic encounters and, and experiences. I love it. I, I I also I want to tell you that I hold this real tension pastoring a church here because there there's a part of me that knows that part of my stewardship is to help guide us into the fullness of a supernatural experience. There's also a tension that if it's not handled well, things can get really wacky, and I don't want to take, I don't want to create whack, that kind of whack. I like getting whacked in the Holy Spirit, but wacky, I'm not trying to create that, okay? And people can get wacky. People get wacky with the prophetic. People get wacky with encounters. But that doesn't mean that there's not the real thing. 
And it also doesn't mean that when people get wacky, that there's not some real stuff happening with them. Sometimes there's real supernatural thing happening and flesh happening at the same time. And some people want to flush the whole thing out because there's flesh. But the fact is, if God's doing something, we want to find what he's doing and then grow and mature and purify so that we're getting less wacky but more Holy Ghost. Man, Jessica and I are in unity. And some things might look wacky to some people that we're like, hey, that is 100% God. Like, you know, like a couple weeks ago, Laura was up here and she fell, she fell down drunk. That was God. And I, I, want, I want more of that. I'm just saying that um, one of, like, there, there's, there's a few things that are really important to create order, okay? So that we... It's not that we want to stop God, it's that we want to hone things in so that it's healthy and powerful, all right? And so, you know, we, we teach prophetic classes and stuff, and, and, and let me just say that angelic encounters and visions and stuff, we, we need to treat that like we treat the prophetic stuff too. And, and there's, there's order. There's order, and there's, there's the need to bring... Um, things to, like submitting it to trusted leaders that God has put to help shepherd things because we want to, we, we want to promote encounter, but we also know that things, there, there's weird theologies and belief systems that people have that can spin people into places that, at best, it's just weird. At worst, it can actually create bondages in people's lives that they think was God. I don't want to see bondages happening to people that they thought was God, but it happens all the time. And that's why we're so, we're, we're, we're wanting to create more prophetic, but we're also very careful with it because we want people to be safe and moving in the right direction. Do you guys hear my heart? That's why you gotta have pastoral covering on this stuff. All right, the, the Bible teaches these things. With that said, like, let, let's, let's move back to the angelic. Like, there's more angelic activity than any of us know. Lord God wants to bring us into awareness of things that are, that are happening. And, and we keep it submitted to truth and the word of God. I want to tell you, like, Paul... Paul said, this gospel I'm preaching, this is it. There's no other truth outside of this. And he said, even if an angel would come and manifest itself to you and teach you something else, disregard the whole thing. All right? And Satan even, uh, he comes to people as an angel of light sometimes. And, and can deceive even the elect if we're not careful. So I'm not saying this to scare anybody from this. What I'm trying to do is, is to put a holiness and a healthy caution at the same time stimulating a healthy hunger 
And it can be done in a healthy way when it's done communally and under spiritual covering and validated by the Word of God. And if you ever have an encounter that looks different than what we read in here, I'm going to love you unconditionally, but I might also correct you. <laughs> but I would want the same. I, and I, I need people in my life as well like that. So I just want you to be aware of that. All right, I had to give that as a, as a preface before I start diving in more. There's so much that can be said about the angelic. I'm not going to say anything close to the amount that I think I could, but I want to touch on it today. Um, I, I wanted to tell you about my first time that, I, that I'm aware of where I saw an angel. And, and this time, like most of the times I've seen angels, it's been more from my spirit. This one, it, it was so physical that I didn't even know it was an angel. I, when I was a teenager, I lived in, in a farmhouse with my parents out in the country, and behind the house, there, there was a, a barbed wire fence. I think it was barbed wire, but there was definitely a fence right there, and then a huge field that probably was about a half a mile deep, and then there was a creek back there with a line of trees, and then on the other side of that, another half mile was the next road over, okay? So it's like one mile square out in the country, all right? <laughs> I'm going to embarrass my, my wife here in a second. On the, that, that was behind the house. In front of the house is, was another field, just as big that direction, all right? So basically what I'm trying to say is we were in the boonies, nothing around. Not, you know, you might have a car pass your house once every five hours, all right? Kind of like that. It, it, was, it, was, it actually was lovely. I do miss. So this one day, please forgive me, but this is for the glory of the Lord, all right? Being out in the middle of nowhere and being a guy, ladies, you might not understand this, but man, you know that the world is a urinal. Okay? So, hey. <laughs> Amen. My brother, or sorry, my son thinks even our current yard in a neighborhood is the same. Backyard only. By the fence, thankfully. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I went <laughs> to do that on the right side of the garage. Nobody was home. At least I don't remember there was anybody. Didn't matter. I would have done it anyway. So I'm, <laughs> I'm doing what nature does. And as soon as I was done... This is weird. I looked over to my left. The, the garage is right here. Right on the other side of the garage, a dude walks out from the fence, the, the tree-lined fence where there's half a mile of field and then another half mile after that. Like there's no place over there. A dude walked out, and he was wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. Not even joking. And he looked over at me and waved, and I'm like, hi, and I waved at him, and then I got myself situated, and I went over there to chase him down because I wanted to find out what was going on. I didn't know if he had a broken down car or something, but why would he have been over there? He was gone. 
Nowhere. No, there is, I mean, if there was a person, you would have seen him for a mile. All right? He was gone. It was an angel. The Bible says that we entertain angels and don't even know it, right? That one was having a blast that moment. <laughs> I, and I, I thought it was pretty awesome, too. I mean, it just it fits. God's so funny. Like, he's not judgmental. He loves, he loves meeting us where our personalities and humor is, and that really fit. <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah, holy moments, right? I don't know why God would have done that, but he probably just wanted to have a good laugh. <laughs> another, another time that was, that was cool, this, was, this next one is not like that. Um, we were at Bethel, it was a Sunday night service, Benny Johnson was preaching, and I don't remember the topic, but I, I think she was talking about um, just the, the seer realm. Like she, she was a seer and, and an intercessor, and she was talking about that realm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And at the end, like I was just drinking this thing up and, and loving every bit of, of what she was preaching. We were sitting kind of close to the back row. And... <clears throat> At the end, I knew she was going to give an altar call and lay hands on people, and I was so ready to run up there. But when she did, she gave a qualifier that I knew if I was going, I'd be, I'd be lying to the Lord because that, it, she, like everything she said, I was like it was me until she added this one thing on there. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And the Lord said, Jesse, if you believe me, you can still receive the impartation from where you're at. I'll still give it to you. And so when she's up there praying for those people, I'm just receiving by faith. And it was awesome. I felt like God was doing something. And then when, when she was kind of up there ministering and, and it, was kind of, it was kind of that end of the service part where there's ministry, but people are starting to kind of leave or whatever. And I, I was standing there just kind of watching what's going on. And all of a sudden, halfway up, about, yeah, about halfway from me to the front, um, my eyes were open. Like this was an instant manifestation of what she just gave an impartation of. And I saw an angel standing there that was probably about this tall. And, and he was a buff, like he wasn't like a big brawny, but he was like a real muscular looking like surfer dude. And he was standing there like this. And he had golden dreadlocks that were hanging down. He was standing there like this, just looking around the room. And, but I saw him, I saw him like physically for a moment, and then it, then it was gone. I didn't see it anymore. That's awesome. Why did God let me, you know, I, I don't know. It wasn't like he was doing something profound through me or in me, except that he was just helping me to, to become aware of that realm and of a gifting. Okay? Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. I'm not going to say that everybody's going to get the gifting to be able to see in that realm. But who am I to say they're not either? I, I don't know. But I do know that the Lord wants to grow all of us. The more, the more, and again, these things happen through how we steward and posture our lives. Okay? The way we position our hearts. It's the way that we yield ourselves to him 
and choose to die to self and live to God. It, the, the more we, he grows us in that lifestyle, the more he also wants to be growing us in our spiritual giftings, our anointings, and our senses. It, there, there's a verse that talks about um, our, uh, us growing in the discernment of our senses. Okay? And there's, the, there's a gift of the Spirit called discerning of spirits. And is that you may know, you know, you may know, but, but the thing is, like, a lot of times people think that gifting is so that we can understand what demon we're trying to cast out of somebody. Not saying that's not helpful there, but I think that's probably the lowest form of the use of that gift. Uh, the Lord is wanting to help us to learn how to discern his presence. He wants to teach us how to discern when the glory is coming in, how much, and how, how's he moving discerning the presence of angels. Sometimes he'll give different measures of discernment. Sometimes he'll, he'll, it'll just be the awareness that they're there. Sometimes it'll, it'll be, sometimes he'll drop a name, probably for a reason. Names mean things, and usually when names mean things, it's kind of giving you an indication of an assignment. And, and, so, and sometimes the Lord will just show you, show what, what they're doing and why, Okay. It's not, it's not so that we worship them, not so that we make angels too much of a priority, but it's so that we can be aware of what he's doing, because angels are always doing God's assignment. Always. They are, now, since the devil fell, there's not been one moment of disobedience ever since. They're always doing the works of the Lord. Always. So when you know what the works of the Lord are being, we can, we can find out how the Holy Spirit wants to partner. Amen? So there's, there's more. There's angels around us, more than we know. Lord, he won't always choose to clue us in. Sometimes he will. Okay? But, uh, but how often, or sorry, how active the angels are in our own lives is going to be dependent on us, okay? It's going to be dependent on us and our partnership with the will of the Lord, okay? Because God sends angels to partner with us, to serve us. They're called ministers of wind and fire. They're here to serve us according to our assignment from heaven, okay? There's, there a, lot, there's a lot of angels that are really busy and having a blast in some people's lives, and there are a lot of angels that are bored to tears in other people's lives because of people's partnership with the Lord's will or not. You guys hear me? Is, is this interesting or helpful in any form or fashion for anybody? Okay. All right. Good. The angels, so, so here they are. You know, they saw Jesus ascend. Saw Jesus pass from one realm to the other, glory cloud, angels are standing there. Pretty awesome. I think that this is an important picture. I think it gets glossed over, and I've glossed over it so many times because it doesn't feel like a super important part of the story. I believe it is because it goes from here to them going into the upper room, 120 of them, 
in one accord, praying. And then on Pentecost, boom, the heavens open in a whole new way, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes. We're going to talk more about this on another week. The manifestations that changed the world happened that day. And I believe there's some, there, and then that was when the Lord launched his church and kicked them off into the mission to take his kingdom into all the world. And I believe that there, there's a correlation between um, Holy, Ghost and, uh, Holy Ghost baptism and the power, okay, and, and the mission of God and the open heavens realities with the partnership of the angelic hosts. Are you guys hearing me? I believe that this actually is a little glimpse of something more that God was opening up to his church. Because when he's saying, you're going to witness me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, it's going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you. But I also believe that it's also going to be through the, the glory of God opening heaven on earth and the angels coming and ministering in our midst. As far as we know, this was a new experience to the disciples to have angels standing there. I, I've, I've looked through it, and I, I'm very confident. <laughs> I'll give myself like a 2% margin of maybe I missed something, but I, I looked at this closely, and I'm pretty sure that the only time that any of Jesus' disciples had experienced an angel before this, there's one, and that's when the women were at the tomb, and the, and, the, and the stone was rolled away. It talks about angels a lot. That's the first time that, that is written where his disciples saw angels. Jesus saw them, okay? But that's it, as far as I can know. I, I don't know if there are angels on the Mount, Mount of Transfiguration. I don't know on that, all right? But anyway, my point is a new experience, okay? It's a new experience. But guess what? It became a common experience. It became a common experience. The angels were in their midst. And, and the Lord put an apostolic mandate upon them so that they could build his kingdom. And he's putting anointing and he's putting the forces of heaven to come back everything up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They became so common. <clears throat> I'm not going to read this, John, what I told you in Acts 12, but you guys can read this later. Acts 12 is a story where um, <clears throat> the king, I, th I want to say it was Herod. I, I wasn't paying so close attention to that this morning when I breezed over it. But um, the, the king put James, the apostle James, to death. They chopped his head off, I believe. Okay, and, and then guess who's next? Peter. Peter's next. They arrest him, and it says, at the pleasure of the crowds. All right? The people were wanting to see another, uh, uh, another martyr. Okay? They, were, they wanted to see another martyr. So they, he got arrested. He assigned 12 uh, centurion soldiers to guard him. They, they put him in prison and chained him with two chains, Really? We're talking about Peter. <laughs> He's not like the, the demoniac. 
two chains on this guy in a, in a prison cell, surrounded by 12. Why would they do that? Because <laughs> they know that God does miracles, and they want to do everything in their human ability they can to stop something from happening. All right? And so, the, the, but the story tells you that, that the rest of the saints were gathered together um, continually praying for Peter because they know Peter's about to get killed. So they're interceding for him on a regular, continual basis, praying that God will rescue him. <clears throat> and then when he's sleeping that night, all of a sudden he gets woken up by who? By an angel. All right? And it says that the angel was glowing, like <laughs> talking in the glory of the Lord. Come on. The angel was glowing, and, and it, it, all of a sudden his chains fell off of him. Like he couldn't do that. Tells him to get up, put his shoes and clothes on. And then he opens the door of the, of the cell, walks them. This is supernatural. By all of those guards, they could not see him. Somehow, I don't know if God made them invisible or if he just blinded their eyes. I don't know which it was, but somehow that he was able to pass by them and walked outside and then the gate to the jail supernaturally opened itself. Then the angel takes him to the road that was going to get him safe and then disappears. All right? And then Peter um, finds his way to, to, I think it was James's, was one of the disciples' um, mother's house. Knocks on the door. They're in there having a prayer meeting. Guess who they're praying for? Peter. They're praying for Peter. He's knocking on the door. Little, little Rosa, or sorry, what was her name? Rhoda. Rhoda, I meant. Little Rhoda. <laughs> little, I used to work with a little girl named Rhoda, and I, I picture her in this. Comes and opens the door, and she sees it's Peter, the very person they're praying for. She's like so amazed and overjoyed that she forgets to let him in, closes the door, and goes and tells everybody what God just did. And then they're like, they're like, what, what's going on? And, and they said, oh, it, 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 it must just be Peter's angel that you saw. And then they let him in, finally, after she convinces them to come look, and then they celebrate, right? But isn't that crazy that they're interceding for a miracle, they're praying for God to move, and... This is how some of our faith could be at times. Something happens, and it surely must be something other than the thing we were just praying for. And it was easier for them to believe that an angel was standing there than that God answered their prayer. That's bizarre. But it goes to show that angels had become such a common experience for them that it didn't surprise them when they see one standing there. You guys see what I'm saying? Like, that just shows you that, that, that it's, it's a big, like, it's, it's part of the package. All right? And, and I want to say, like, that picture actually is what it looks like when the saints pray fervently in unity together for, for God to move in a, in a situation targeting the prayers, coming together, aiming prayers at, a, at a, a needed outcome, all right? Because 
God was answering the prayer that they were praying before they had any clue that anything was happening. They were praying and God had already done it. It, the, The breakthrough was already released. They had no idea, but they kept praying. And then all of a sudden, the manifestation of something God already did showed up. That's a picture of what God does. We pray in unity. We don't give up. We keep praying. And and then you don't know what things are happening in the spirit realm before you ever see the evidence of it. That's how it works. Praise the Lord. How are you guys doing right now? So the angels in the glory. Let me me just kind of hit some things here now. I, I believe that these angels, bless you, brother. Watch out, it's coming. I believe that these angels um, may have come through the same portal that Jesus ascended through. I believe that when the Lord's opening the heavens, there's things happening. Okay, transfers. Hallelujah. That's kind of just awesome on its own. There's there's an old um, soaking album that a guy at Bethel put out named Mark Cooper. And the whole thing, guess what the title is? Sending and Receiving. Sending and Receiving. It's about encountering heaven, heaven coming. It's awesome. Angelic presences are active and strong when the glory of God is manifested. Okay? I believe they come through His glory. And I also believe they come to increase his glory. Amen? Angelic presence is normal when we're in the glory. Angels are drawn to God's glory. Angels are drawn to places where heaven is breaking its way into the earth. Okay, they're drawn to that. That's why when there's such a strong unity in corporate prayer, worship, and ministry, and then the presence come, angels are present. Okay? They come so they can worship. They come so they can minister. They come so they can war to get, to get the breakthroughs of what God's doing. And they come to partner with our assignments from God. We need the discerning of spirits. Because we like I said, we're gonna we want to handle these things the same way we handle prophecy. There needs to be covering on it. There needs to be accountability with it. There needs to be scriptural truth coming to it. There, there, it's important, okay? Um, but we want to discern, you know, and determine if it's actually God. And if it is, is it, is it for the corporate experience or is it for individual experience? Because that, that can be two different situations. Um, we want to grow in these things in a healthy way. Um, God, the reason why there needs to be accountability is because God never would defy himself. And if he's doing something, somebody else come and saying he's doing something else. Well, maybe he's doing that something else for that individual person, or maybe it's not actually what he's doing. Okay? Or maybe it's something he's preparing to do in another time, but it's not right now. There's just ways that these things have to be navigated. 
Okay. You guys all right? You sure? One thing that we have to always remember is, is that 1 Corinthians 13, it says we know in part and we prophesy in part. And that word in part is real important because it means we don't know it all. And we, don't, we can't prophesy it all accurately. We've got to have the others. There's got to be covering. There's got to be accountability. It, it takes the whole package that God's creating for this thing to be healthy. And so even when it comes with that kind of stuff, like we, we need to, there needs to be covering on us. We can miss it. We're all humans trying to have a supernatural life. And we're, and we're growing in it, but we still have room for error. That's a good thing to recognize that, not a bad thing, because it means that if you do miss it, doesn't mean that you're entirely missing everything, because you might be getting some of it right too. And we're growing, but it helps us to understand that I can't be a lone ranger on this thing. And that's the problem in a lot of places with a lot of people, trying to do this on their own, not realizing God's trying to put other people in our lives to help us to sustain the, whole, the holistic version of what God's trying to do in our lives. Amen? I'm always at war with the clock, by the way. All right, listen, the angels come to partner with us when we're walking in our assignment from God. Okay? They come to partner with us. Come to partner with us when we're in unity with the body of Christ. Come to partner with us as we engage with God's will and God's heart. All right? Angels are drawn to us when we submit our hearts to our leaders and the mission that they're leading us in as God has assigned us to this. That's important. Some people get uncomfortable when a leader talks about how important it is to follow a leader. But I didn't write it, he did. So take it up with him. <laughs> okay? But, that, but it's true. And, and angels know when, when our hearts are postured properly in alignment with, with the flow of heaven. The leaders... Okay, they know it. And, and it's also is like even when the leaders are doing things differently than we wish they were. Swallow that. Sometimes our leaders are not doing the things that, that we want them to or having us do things that we want them to be having us do. A submitted heart can be proven when you're willing to go to a place that wasn't where you wanted to go. Because if you're only, go, if you're only, if you consider yourself submitted only when we're doing the things you want, how do you know if you're submitted or not? You just are doing the same thing. Sometimes it's, it's when that stuff happens that, that it tests us and proves us. God honors that. Angels, and, and listen, I'm not talking about just me to you. I've got people who make me uncomfortable sometimes. I have to determine my heart posture. Do I receive it or not? The flow of heaven comes. You guys hear me, right? 
honor and trust. The angels know the difference. They, they can tell if, if it's lip service or if your heart is in what you're doing. They can tell. And they're drawn. They're drawn. That, that's why, you know, Paul talked about, I'm not, I'm not going to go into this, but the husband and wife thing, right? And it talks about women covering their heads under their husband's covering. And it says, why do we do it? Because the angels see that we're under covering. They can tell. And they're drawn when there's unity. Unity includes together, but also includes coming under covering. You guys hear me? I'm trying to tell you that, like, the reason I'm saying these things is because the alignment of God's value systems aligns us with the kingdom, and it opens the heavens, and it brings heaven upon us. The way that we posture ourselves in alignment with the way God does things, even when it rubs our flesh, the way we posture our heart is going to determine if the angels are drawn into our lives. And the grace of God that comes upon us to bring supernatural power that's beyond what we can do on our own, he releases that when, when our hearts are aligned properly. Are you guys hearing me? It's a blessing of the Lord. It's the goodness of God. When we don't function in that, the opposite can be true too. Rebellion and dissension actually can attract demons. We don't want that. Okay, but the posture, that's the posture of the heart, not just what we say, not just what we do, but the way we carry our heart and and yield it to the Lord and and submit our heart to the Lord, even when it's like, I I gotta, I don't like this, but I'm I'm trusting you, Lord. I lay it down. So it's again, it's dying to the flesh again. Die to my feelings to this. Have the right heart. Heaven, it, it, you become a heaven magnet with that heart posture. The other can become a magnet to the other kingdom. <laughs> Telling you the truth. The, the, the divided heart, of the people you're supposed to be unified with, creates dissension, and then the rebellious spirits come in. <clears throat> Toxicity comes in, and there's stories in the Word, scary stories about when that stuff happens. It fosters things that only the devil can do. We don't want that, and we're not doing that, okay? You guys hear me? I'm not saying that because I think we're doing it. I'm saying it because we need to make sure that we understand the values of heaven so that we can, so we can be intentional to press into it because the Lord wants to command his blessing on the unity of the saints, all right? And so he releases um, the angelic. And uh, I'm out of time. I I have more to say. I guess we're going to hit a a third part on this, okay? I I don't feel like I'm done, so I think that I do need to hit a third part on this. My heart with this is not entirely just about angels, okay? Okay? That's important, but it's about, it's about the alliances of heaven and earth. It's, it's, it's ecclesia and kingdom of heaven coming into agreement. You release heaven on earth, and you start seeing dynamic, supernatural, miraculous, wild stuff happen. That's where we're going. <laughs> He's been doing it, but there's so much more. And I'm believing for miracles, 
I'm believing for glory. Angels came to help the apostolic ministry, and I don't, like, like the apostolic ministry, there were the 12 apostles, but they were building an apostolic church, and that's the church of Acts, and there's angelic partnerships on this, and the Lord wants to see that we're a people who are yielded to his ways and we're partnering and co-laboring with him so that he can bring the heavenly alliances into what we're doing as we're doing his will, all right? So he's bringing supernatural power. He's bringing the order and the government of heaven. You guys hear me? The, the, the government of heaven into the ecclesia. It's be, it's, over the centuries, it has become built really weird. And he's trying to reestablish what the ecclesia is supposed to be. And, and we're, we're, we're going there. But he wants heaven to be as involved as the human church is too. It's both and. Amen? Hallelujah. God's trying to build holy principalities and powers. We read about principalities and powers and think of it as demonic Okay, and it is, when it is. But he's trying to build principalities and powers in the spirit realm through the church so that he can have local and regional influences and dominions in places where everything in the atmosphere of that area shifts and the demonic influences that make it really hard for people to focus on the good things of God and, and it makes it easier to stay in bondages and deceptions and all that stuff. That, that stuff can be regionally impacted by demonic principalities and powers. God wants to crush that stuff and build kingdom of God, principalities and powers, so that that shifts. And there are places where you can go and, and it's easy to flow in the Spirit. There are places you can go, it's hard to flow in the Spirit. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything about what your anointing is. It could be what's going on in that region. And God's trying to shift things. And He's doing that here. It's already working. It's already at work here. All right? I don't just mean an overflow. I mean in this region. It's already at work here, but there's so much more. And we're, we're here to do our share. Amen? That's why I'm spending time on this stuff. Could you guys stand with me? And I'm going to pray for us and close. We're going to have a ministry team up here. Why don't you guys go ahead and find your way up too, by the way. All right. Yeah, God, I, I pray in Jesus' name that um, you'll help us all to come into the knowledge of your truth on, on these matters, Lord. Lord, there's so many aspects of what we're talking about. There's angels, there's glory, there's anointings, there's unity. Unified hearts. It's all. It need, we need it all. I ask you, Lord God, just to continue deepening our understanding of each of these things. Help us to understand greater what it looks like to come under the coverings of, of the church leadership. That if we look at it in the natural, it just looks like 
it looks like a pastor or, or certain people in certain positions. But in the heaven, Lord, it looks like the, the flow of heaven. And that's not, the, the point is not so much about our positions. It's, it's just the flow of heaven that we're talking about. And we want it. We want it. But there's also the corporate unity. There's the knitting of the hearts and minds with one another. To be focused in on what you're doing. Not just, not just unified to be together, but to, to be about your business, Lord. I ask you, Lord God, to fill hearts with the Great Commission, with a vision, Lord, where each person can see that they are a key part to your plan to, 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 for us to be witnesses of you in all the earth, to, to, to bring the gospel of the kingdom to all the earth, to disciple the nations and the people groups. Lord, that, you, that you've given each person a, an important role in this. Help us to see through that lens, to, to live fully devoted to you and to your purposes. And Lord, that um, I, I, pray, I pray even right now, Lord, that as people are, are saying yes to you and your purposes with their lives, that they will begin to experience more of your manifested presence on them, more glory, and more angelic activity. Hallelujah. God, we, we want to we be a church that is an ally with heaven, ally with the hosts of heaven, Lord God. So angels, we even... We just even say that we, we do honor and respect you. We don't worship you, but we respect you, and we welcome you, and we invite you to come and be ministers of wind and fire in our midst. In the name of Jesus. And, and God, I just ask you to open the heavens and bring an outbreak of glorious Holy Ghost baptisms. Even now. Why don't you guys lift your hands to the Lord and let him just come and touch you right now. Even now, Lord, manifestations of glory, Holy Ghost outpourings right now. Hallelujah. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whether we feel like we're experiencing anything profound at the moment or not, that's a little irrelevant because what we are doing is pressing into a shifting, not just for this moment, but for this season that we're in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Again, I want to remind us, we, we, we're thankful for angels, but, but really this is all about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and His glory, His kingdom. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're here to serve Him and Him alone. Amen.